Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. Well, how about another round of applause for Corey and Clay and our choir and orchestra? I told them in the first hour, while everybody else is kind of moving around slowly from Christmas Day, they just brought it and came out strong, and we appreciate that. Well, shalom. Peace to you all. To everybody under the sound of my voice, whether it's here at our Colonial Heights campus or whether it's through our live stream. You know, that phrase is used sometimes as a greeting, sometimes in a time of departure. It's kind of a hello and goodbye. And we're going to talk about that some today in light of the words of Jesus. But before we get there, I want us to listen to the words of that famous theologian and former heavyweight boxing champion, Mike Tyson. Now, I know you thought, I would never develop my theology around Mike Tyson. That's right, don't. But listen to these words. They came at a time when he was at the peak of his career. I mean, nobody could beat him during this period of time. A lot of folks tried, and he was just a brute. He was a punisher. And this particular opponent he had coming up was very vocal with the press, telling them that he had developed a strategy, a game plan that would enable him to beat Mike Tyson. And I mean, he's telling it on all the news shows and everywhere he can. And so one of the reporters asked Mike Tyson, he says, what do you think about his game plan? And Mike Tyson replied with this. He said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. (laughs) Now that's great wisdom when it comes to boxing, but it's also wisdom when it comes to life. You know, when we look back over the last two years, we understand the reality of Mike Tyson's statement. Now, I don't know what your plans and hopes and dreams and schemes were going into the year 2020, but pretty quickly after 2020 came in, it did this to us. It punched us in the face. You know, we had COVID and we had cancellations and we had closures and we had all the things that were going on with that and it just ground us down to a stop. But, you know, being the fighters we are, we rolled with the punch and we got our feet back up under us and we thought, we'll just get through this round, we'll make it to the next round. We'll get to 2021 and everything will be fine. And 2021 came in and it did this. Because truthfully, for many of us, 2021 was worse than 2020. We've got a lot of families, a lot of people within our church that will testify to that. 2020 was not all that bad for them, but 2021 was devastating. So, you know, after the last two years, I think it's no wonder that many folks are looking to 2022 much like this. A lot of apprehension. A lot of concern about what's going to take place. And folks, I don't know what's going to happen in your 2022. Only God knows that. But I pray and hope for you that you have the very best year you've ever had in your life. But even as I say that, even as I pray that, I know that will not be true for some. 
And I know that even for those of us who have the best year of our lives next year, there are still going to be times of trial, times of struggle, times of trouble. It's just inevitable. It's going to happen as we go through life. So we ask ourselves, how do we deal with that? How do we handle that? How can we live lives that are untroubled in times of trouble? Over the past several weeks, as we have been leading up to Christmas and the celebration of Christmas, we've been spending time at Luke's. And we've been looking at various passages in the Gospel of Luke. And a part of those was in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 14, has that great passage that says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. We see there the word peace. And in that passage, it is indeed a welcome, a word of greeting. But it's more than that. It's an announcement. It's part of the announcement of the birth of a child. But not any child, not just a child. It's the announcement of the birth of the long-awaited one. It's an announcement of the birth of the Messiah, the Christ, the Prince of Peace. It's what we celebrate in the Christmas season. It's what we were celebrating yesterday in the midst of gifts and food and fellowship and all the things that were going on. We were celebrating the birth of the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Son of God. What I want us to do this morning is move from that first piece in the earthly life of Jesus, that hello, if you will, and move over towards the end of the life of Jesus. If you would, take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, an interesting passage of Scripture, an exciting passage of Scripture. As you read through it, what you notice, the disciples at this point are anxious. The disciples are worried. The disciples are troubled because Jesus is sharing with them about his death. And so they're looking out at what is in front of them, the unknown, the uncertain, the scary. And so Jesus comes to them and he's sharing with them about this. Now, keep in mind, Jesus himself has all that in front of him. He's looking out and he's seeing his arrest and his torture and his death on the cross. And yet, even though all of that is in front of him, he is not concerned about himself. He is not focused on himself. He is focused on the disciples. And he is focused on those who will come after the disciples. And he's focused on what he desires for each one of his followers. So let's just drill down into chapter 14 and pick it up at John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus tells his disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord, and we look out into the new year, into a time of uncertainty. 
Father, we listen to the news and, Lord, there are all kinds of things that concern us and even scare us sometimes. Father, as Todd mentioned in the video about the folks in the Ukraine and their concern over what Russia and its soldiers are going to do. Lord, there's just so much out there. And yet you came and said, peace, I leave with you. Father, help us this morning to understand that peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So listen carefully to what Jesus was telling the disciples and telling us there. As he talked about peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, nor let them be afraid. Again, Jesus is not focused on himself. He's focused on our hearts. And he's focused on the peace of our hearts. And he's focused on the fearlessness of our hearts. He's sharing with us about this very special thing. He's telling us his desire for us to be untroubled no matter what life brings. Someone has jokingly said that there are two easy answers in life. World peace and Jesus. And he went on to say, he said, for every beauty contestant that's ever competed in a beauty pageant, when they ask you the question, what do you want to see happen in the next year if you win this contest? The easy answer, world peace. That's what almost all of them say. And then he said, the other easy answer is Jesus. It's always the answer in the children's department. Any question they ask you in the children's department, guys, just say Jesus. There's a good chance you're going to be right. I apologize again to Eric for giving away that clue. But now, you know, it was jokingly said when a guy said this. And yet, when we look at our passage today, we see both peace and Jesus. Now, it's not world peace. It's the peace of God. And that's a very different thing from world peace. Worldly peace does not match up and line up with God's peace, with the peace of Christ. Look at that verse again, and we see in the midst of it, not as the world gives I, gives, do I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. In the 16th chapter, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, the peace that Jesus is talking about is something that is radically different than the peace the world talks about. In fact, in Philippians, Paul puts it this way, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. See, the world can't understand God's peace. Worldly peace is a peace that's centered around escapism. It's centered around avoiding the issues. Centered around pretending the issues aren't there. It's the denial of the problems. It's sought through pleasure. It's sought through satisfaction. It's sought through contentment. If I'm content, if I'm feel satisfied, then I'm okay. I can have 
peace. Truth of the matter is, everyone can have peace if they can eliminate all trouble, all stress, and all problems, right? If you don't have any problems, any stress, any trouble, you can be at peace. But that's not practical. That's not what happens in our lives. That's not what happens in the world. See, the world can't understand and grasp the kind of peace that God talks about. They can't generate it. They can't produce it because it's not human. It's God produced. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, he said. Listen again carefully. My peace I give to you. He's not saying I'm going to give you a peace. I'm not going to give you your peace. He, he doesn't even say, I'm going to give you a peace that I'm going to create and make for you. He says, I'm going to give you my peace. I'm going to give you the very same peace that I have. I'm going to give you the very same peace with which I face the world. I'm going to give you the very same peace with which I am going to go to the cross. And again, think about that. Think about where he is on this timeline of life. He is just hours away from his arrest, his torture, his crucifixion, and his death there on the cross. And he's talking about peace. How does peace exist in that situation, in that time? Well, if you're looking at it as the world looks at it, it doesn't. But you see, the reason Jesus had such peace is he is in tune with the heavenly Father and he is about to carry out the purpose for which he came. Jesus is about to go to the cross and satisfy God's call for justice. He is about to go to the cross and provide for us salvation that we may be made right with God. He is about to go to the cross and bring us peace. Listen carefully to this next statement. If you don't remember anything else I've said this morning, remember this. You cannot have the peace of God without first having peace, the peace of God without first having the peace with God. You can't have peace of God without having peace with God. You see, the worldly way of doing things is based on resources. God's way is based on a relationship. The worldly way of doing things is how you work for it, what you do to get it. The godly way of doing it is just a gift from God. And you can't have that peace of God until you're in a right relationship with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not until we have been justified by our faith, based on what Christ did upon the cross for us, that we're able to have the peace that we need. Jesus was at peace with God the Father because he was satisfying his task. 
Folks, we need to have that peace of God that is totally foreign to everything the world teaches you and the world wants you to seek after. Colossians says, through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. See, our being made right, our being made at peace, our being justified is all because of what Christ did on the cross and the shed blood that paid for our sins. There's a great old hymn of the faith that's entitled, Jesus Paid It All. And the last verse of that hymn says this, And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. When I stand in him complete, Jesus paid it all. See, there's nothing that I can add to what Jesus has done. There's nothing I need to add to what Jesus has done. He has done it all for me. Through what Christ did on the cross, we have an opportunity to have a right relationship with God. And in having that right relationship with God, we get to experience his peace. And that is a a blending of spiritual and emotional and intellectual and physical. And it all comes together in the power of the Spirit. Peace with Jesus is what enables us to enjoy the peace of Jesus. Again, it's contrary to what the world tells you. But it's the peace that enables you to be untroubled in times of trouble. In this scripture passage that we're looking at in John, we're listening to the words of Jesus as he speaks to a group who is brokenhearted. They're about to lose this man that they've been following. They're about to lose this Jesus, this teacher. And what does he tell them? Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. It's not the first time he's told them that. The very first verse of chapter 14 He said, let not your hearts be troubled. And he said, you believe in God, believe also in me. How could they not let their hearts be troubled? How do we not let our hearts be troubled? Through the peace of God. As the Prince of Peace... He came and brought peace to earth. As a prince of peace, he carried peace around in the flesh. As prince of peace, he died to make that peace ours. As prince of peace, he left it as a legacy to all his followers. 
is the Prince of Peace. He implants it and maintains it in our lives through his Spirit. Go back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, where he said, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, he goes on to say, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It'll guard your hearts and your minds. That's how you get through troubled times untroubled because of what God is doing in and through you. You know, as we face 2022 and on beyond, folks, I'm just going to be honest with you. I hate to tell you this, but you need to know it. You're going to face trials. You're going to face struggles. You're going to face trouble. It's going to happen. It is an outcome of life. And if you try to deal with it in the world's way of thinking, you're going to be in more trouble. Because the world is all about simply peace of mind. Avoiding it again. Pretending like it doesn't happen. Denying that it happens. Just trying to make our minds feel better. But God said, I've come to guard your hearts and your minds and give you what you need. I love these words that come from Love Worth Finding and Adrian Rogers. It says, peace in your life is not about the subtraction of problems. It's the addition of power to meet the problems. That's God's peace. It's not about the subtraction of problems. The problems are still going to be there. You're still going to need to deal with them. They're still going to exist. But it's about the power to face and meet the problems. And God has given us the addition we need. Jesus said, when I go, someone's going to come. His name is the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be your counsel and your guide and your teacher. The Spirit gives us the ability to handle whatever life throws at us. It gives us the ability to be untroubled in the midst of all of our troubles. Jesus promised that we could live a life of peace. Not the world's peace, not even our peace, but his peace. But first, before we can experience and enjoy the peace of God, we have to have peace with God. We have to have a real and a personal relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son, who came to this earth. We celebrated it all this month. He went to the cross and died for your sin and mine. Excuse me. I told the first group, you know, I used to think, well, you know, there's certain Sundays when, you know, all the good godly people are the ones that are there. You know, Sunday, right after Christmas, like one day after Christmas, everybody's still celebrating. They're away, they're doing this. So everybody that's in here today, y'all are obviously the good godly people, right? I really did used to think that that was that, or at least kind of 
I wouldn't admit it. It was there in the back of my mind. You know, there are Sundays when it's going to be just good Christian church people. But you know, after 40 years in the ministry, I've realized that's not necessarily so. There may be people sitting in here today, and there may be people listening over the Internet that you think you're all right because you do come to church some. You think you're all right because you serve in church. You think you're all right because you give to church. You do all of the things that make you think you're all right. But you're not getting the peace of God because you don't have peace with God. You've never been justified by faith. Years ago, I was preaching a revival in a little church. The pastor told me the first night, he said, this is just pretty much all our folks, all our church folks. So I preached that first night, and at the invitation time, a lady came forward. Turns out she was the wife of the chairman of the deacons. And she came forward and told the pastor, she said, Pastor, I realize tonight I'm not saved. I've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. Well, you can imagine what that did to that little church. They kind of, after they got over their confusion and their shock, they, they were excited for her. The next night when we did the invitation, I actually had two deacons come forward with the same testimony that they'd never been saved, never entered into a relationship with God through Jesus. As the week went on, more and more church leaders in that church were coming forward with the same testimony. And then the last night, after it was all over, there was a visiting preacher there from a neighboring church. He came up to me, and he said, Preacher, God impressed upon my heart tonight that I'm not one of his children. I've never put my faith and trust in him like the Bible tells me to do. And you know, from that moment on, I've never taken anything for granted. I pretty much assumed in every room I ever preach in that there's a bunch of people there who think they're fine and they're not. I think there are a bunch of people in there who know they're not fine and so far they haven't done anything about it. But you know, as we get ready to go into 2022, and again, I don't know what it's going to hold for you, but I do know there are going to be trials and struggles. There are going to be things that, boy, it's going to be so much easier to get through if you've got the peace of God. But you can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. And today he gives you the opportunity to finish up 2021 in a great way. The opportunity to begin 2022 as you've never begun a year before by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. There's some of you here today who need to begin that relationship with Christ by placing your faith in the finished work of Jesus. Then there's some of us who are Christians, who are believers, who do have a relationship with God, who need to live more like it in the new year, 
We need to live a life of peace. You know, as I look around me and talk with so many people now that are still terrified over COVID, that they're letting that fear control their lives. And, and I understand that we've lost loved ones. We've lost friends. We know the horror of it. But they're letting fear run their lives. And Jesus said that he has overcome the world. He's overcome whatever the world is going to throw at us. Do not be afraid, he said. So some of you need to just give that fear up to Jesus. Whether it's that or something else in your life. I mean, there's hundreds of things that can bring us fear. But you need to live in the peace and the joy of Jesus in this year in front of us. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus. We thank you for his wondrous work. As he went to the cross, Lord, and died and bled for our sins. Father, we thank you for his salvation. We thank you for that mercy and grace. And Father, we thank you for his words to us that says, peace he leaves with us. His peace he gives to us. Father, may we live now with untroubled hearts. Despite whatever circumstances we're facing. And Father, we entrust it all to you now. In Jesus' name, amen.